Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the podcast. Come in over the threshold and enter this home. Tess is carrying me. I am like a bride across our threshold. And then I go, oh, that's actually, that was bad. Actually, that's my hernia. And then we spend our wedding night in pain to get curled up. That's marriage. This is my friend Tessa and I'm Stevie and this is Nobody Panic where we do how to's each week and try and like sort our lives out. And this one is a very special one a very special person. <laughs> this one, I'm the guest today. This one I have been dilly-dallying around doing for a long time. It is how to understand the house buying process. And obviously a snappier title would be how, how to buy, buy a house. house. Yeah. <laughs> but for lots of reasons that we're going to unpack, that's not what we've called it. And for some people listening, are like, are you kidding me? I, of, co- of course not this. In which case, please be on your way. <laughs> Sorry, people are saying, oh, are you kidding me? Of course not this. Why are they saying that? Uh, uh, because they're like, I can't, I can't even begin to consider it, you know? Oh, no, but I can't. So this is why this is a good episode. So if, if you're listening, stick with me because the episode might as well be called How to Walk on Water. But I'm interested in it. Yeah, well, that's why I feel ever so anxious about doing it because I don't want people to be like, I can't walk on water. No, but I would love to know the process. If I could, if I could quiz Jesus on how we did that. Okay. <laughs> what an episode that would be. So I think there's a, a very... Uh, British and unhelpful tendency to if someone's bought a house or bought a flat especially if you live in London to go like oh I bought a flat oh, let's go yeah. and just like back away out of the room as if it's like the most shameful thing because essentially what you're saying is like I have the privilege to be able to have bought property and I know lots of people don't and I feel very bad about that you're still a relatable gal you did some great work you got some money you went in with your parents and you bought a house it's fine it's actually really helpful for people who have no idea what's going on to listen to someone relatable like yourself chatting about the uh, process, if I may. Thank you so much. And I will try and lower my shoulders and not feel so anxious because I do have exactly that of being like, oh, I'm never so sorry. And I am aware that I was in a very like lucky position. And anyway, but I felt very strongly that I wanted to do this one because when I was going through it, it was only me and Martin's money tips. And he was my only point of reference. And every single stage of the process was such a colossal surprise. <laughs> And I was like, why does nobody explain this in school? Like, this is, this is a nightmare. Mm. So please just hang out with us, even if you're not even considering it. If maybe in the future you come back to this one or whatever, or, or just hang out because I think it's nice to learn. Absolutely. It's, I think it's interesting. And also because some of the very few things that you've told me, 
I like wild. (laughs) (laughs) Like I did not expect that. Well, lower your expectations for the wild ride, you know, just in case you're hoping for it to be exciting. Sure. And also if you've got questions, Stevie, you know, throw them at me. Oh, don't worry. As and when. We'll sit by the fire. I've got to bring my anxiety right down about this one. I don't know why I'm being so crackers about it. Yes. Okay. So I was feeling very strongly about it recently because Kirsty Olsop came out of the woodwork to tell, I think she was being misquoted I mean, I'm sure she said it, but I don't think she wrote the piece recently or whatever. I think they were sort of doing a bit of clickbait with her. But she was quoted in the Times and was like, um, <laughs> of course you can buy a house. <laughs> and then she unfortunately referenced Netflix and brunch and these sort of small lifestyle luxuries that a certain generation constantly level at the millennials of being like, if you didn't have Netflix, you, you, of course you could do it. And then it said within the article, Kirsty bought a house when she was 21 with a family help. <laughs> yeah, 79 years ago. 79 years ago. And then it says at the bottom... If you saved up all the money from your seven ninety nine a month Netflix thing, it would take you thirty six thousand years to buy a house, mm-hmm. and and so it makes me very upset. So if anyone in your life and coming at you being like, why can't you just buy a house? In their generation, it was a totally achievable. And I've been trying to think about what a um, equivalent would be, and I'm trying to think of something that costs between three thousand and five thousand pounds, Stevie. And I've come up with a dog. Mm, you're not wrong yeah well like not necessarily just buying the dog but like saving up for the dog mm. planning for the dog you know getting the, the dog bits stamp duty on the dog stamp duty on the dog the vet's bills you know mm. or paying rent to rent the dog. to the dog <laughs> dog's your landlord so i think these are the brackets of things that for us you're like yep that's my goal and i can save up for that and so then imagine us in 40 years in the future and suddenly this generation are like i could never ever ever have a dog you'd be like i did it you just, yes. you save up, you know, whereas they've not taken into account some statistics. And here I come with my statistics. Mm-hmm. Okay. In 1996, which is, I assume when, or before when Kirsty was buying her house, the average London salary was £22,487. And the average London house price was £79,000. In 2002, the average London salary was £36,302. And the average London house price was £488,908. Right. The the average house price outside of London in the UK is £256,000. And if house prices had risen in line with salaries, the average house price in the UK should be £86,000. So that's how, like, out of whack things have got in the last... muttering to myself. (laughs) There's a constant thing of, like, well, just move outside of London and it's really easy. But also, it's still not necessarily easy no. outside of London cities. And in this, I'm sure there are spots in the UK which is like incredibly cheap for house prices, and that's excellent. But obviously, it's ridiculous to expect every single person to leave their job and go and live in, say, Blackpool. Like, yeah. it's, and that's probably really expensive. I'm just I bet it is. Something t- might isn't right. But like, oh god, yeah. So it's very much like, well, get out of London and go and live in a shed in a field in the middle of nowhere where there's no amenities and no people. And also you can't earn money because your job isn't Yeah, and you can't else. earn any money and, and it will still be a fortune. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's the most pointless and unhelpful discussion to wheel out the boomers with their opinions. It's mm-hmm. so unhelpful. This is an actual uh, housing crisis as opposed to just being like, we'll just save up. And then the other thing that happens, uh, they wheel out the boomers and then the other people that they wheel out for clickbait is Arabella and Otto. I know you're going to say and- <laughs> And Arabella and Otto have written a piece in The Guardian called How to Buy a House. And they've written, if we can do it, 
Anyone can. And then they say that they um, bought their own coffee and they made their own lunch every day and they didn't go on their annual ski trip to Courcheval and um, they managed to save £3,000. And then it says, also, we moved back in with Arabella's mother. We didn't pay her for food, rent or bills and Otto's godfather gave us £200,000. So it's like, if we can do it, anybody can. Even if they're not given the money, the fact that there's always either that or they move back in with their parents, where it's like completely impossible for, for example, myself, whose parents live in the north of England and I didn't have a job there. It's infuriating and I don't know why we haven't just put this to bed of being like we never discuss this ever again you know it's completely pointless the only thing we can discuss is like what can we done to get out of the housing crisis and what how can we deal you know I honestly think they that they are still trotting out those interviews so that people share them because of outrage I I think think they really are yeah and I so I think if we see them in the future we'll shall simply rise above it and we won't discuss it so I have managed to do this. I this is this is my guardian. If I can do it, anyone can. Um, story which I share with you only in the hope that I've learned some things and I hope they are helpful to you. But I'm aware that as you will hear, I'm in a, a very lucky situation, and I'll try and be as like financially open as I can because information is power, and and why not? Mm. So at the end of 2019, I did some work for the Disney Corporation. Mm, I've heard of them. I've heard of them. Heard of Walt Disney. And Walt Disney wrote me a cheque, certainly for more money than I'd ever made in the UK for anything. And I was like, oh my God. I've got my little, I've got a little hot little hands of cash here. It's a nest egg. It's a literal nest egg, you know? Right. In one go. Right. And there it was. And so obviously working for the Disney Corporation is a very rare situation to be in. And so please don't switch off now, but um, maybe you get a really good job or you come into some inheritance or you win the, you know. You find some money on the floor. You find some money on the road or you get involved with the mob or what Mm. in any way that you, you know, you come into a bit of cash and you think, oh my God, maybe we can start this process. So I had this little bit of cash. It was in total about, after I'd given most of it away uh, to, to the, who? the government. <laughs> Understood, the IRS? <laughs> the, Ameri- the IRS took most of it away. Um, and then I had about £35,000. And I was wow. like, oh mama, oh yeah. baby. And I had heard that this thing about like, you need 10% cash and then the mortgage people will give you the rest of it. And I was mm-hmm. like, but here we go. Here we go. And honestly, I remember being like, that's it. This is, I did my part, which is I find the cash and you, and now you just tick, 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 and you give me the house. And then I started um, the mortgage process. And the mortgage process is honestly one of the most stressful things I suspect most people will go through. There'll be other things, sure, but I'll pop it in the sort of top 10. So I went into the bank and I was like, go on, <laughs> go on. Give me that. Look, I've got this. I've got what this. What have you got for me, baby? You give me that. And <laughs> they were like, they honestly looked at me like I was a, a human shit, you know? Oh, they were like, okay. what are you talking about? They're absolutely obsessed with salary. Being like, what is your, what's your salary? What's your, you know? Well, what I'm holding your... one of them. So here we yeah. go. <laughs> what do you mean? I was like, I'm holding one of my salaries. Yeah, here it is. the other salaries. It's right? here. I've given it all to you. You give me. And also that's what's so unbearable at the mortgage thing. It's like, I want to give you money. 
mm-hmm. want you to loan me this money and then I'm going to pay it back at staggeringly high interest rate. As you've shown and proven that you can do because you've been paying astronomical rental fees for your entire adult life. So you've proven, got a proven track record on even less money the year before being able to meet rental payments. But that's no, 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 enough. But I feel cross now even thinking about it. So I was like, the amount of mortgage that is less than the rental payments and they just, they don't care. They're so uninterested. They don't care about rental. They don't care about your freelance life. They don't care about anything. All they want to see is a salary. They're obsessed with salary. And so, and this is the thing that was a total surprise to me that I truly didn't know is that the maximum mortgage you can get is five times your salary. So uh, if the average house price is £250,000, that means that you need to be operating at like a £50,000 salary for five times that. And you're like, what? Like, that's massive. And again, like the average salary in the UK at the moment is about £30,000. And again, back in 1996, the average... uh, You're writing some notes. I'm literally multiplying... Your salary. Oh, fuck, yeah. Yeah, fuck. Go on, go on. Yeah. Don't worry, we're going gonna, to we're gonna come up with some solutions. Okay. You and I, we're going to work some things out. So it's only five times your salary. And again, the average salary today is about £32,000, which is a mortgage of 150000 which again, it's like, what are you, you going to buy with that, you know? Yeah. Uh, and not to say it's not a, ma- it's a massive amount of money, and yet, like, you know. Especially in London, it, we may more be skewed during this just slightly with our references, just because like in London, you can you can buy garage space for that amount of money. But, and in Manchester and in Leeds, I'm sure it's all very similar. But I th- that's the thing, like the average house price still outside of the UK is still 250. You know, Double you're that, still, yeah. you're still, and so when they invented this salary rule in 1996, the average house was 3.5 times the average salary. So therefore, that was like so reasonable. You had your job, off you went. Please can I have a house? Yes, you may. You worked hard for it. Well done. There you go. Now the average house is thirteen times the average salary. Oh my god! So like this is insane. This is absolutely mm-hmm. insane. So you go in, you say hello. Please can I have a mortgage? And a word that might get bandied around if you start doing this process is a mortgage in principle, sometimes called MIP, or an agreement in principle, AIP, or a decision in principle, DIP. Why have they got so many different words for it? And the in principle just means that you've had a meeting with the bank and they've they haven't approved this for sure, but they're saying this is we think the amount of money we're going to lend you. So if you start this process and an estate agent might say to you, "Have you got a mortgage in principle?" and you might say, "Yeah, in principle, mate. Yeah." <laughs> Which is in what, a way, in a way, yeah. Which is what I used to say, and yeah. then eventually I'd be like, "Siri, what is a mortgage in principle?" You're like, imp- I honestly thought he was emphasising the word in principle, and I was like, mm. "Yeah, I guess." And so, if you don't have a salary, if you're freelance, they will take your last two tax returns. Sometimes your last three tax returns, and they will work it out from that. And so, for me, I was a penniless little clown um, who'd never made any money before. So they were literally like, "We're literally not going to do business with you." Like you <laughs> love your nest egg, love your nest egg. Go and throw it out your tree because we're not taking it. And I was like, this whole process took me about eight months of like of arguing and of me just constantly shouting, "I'm good for it." Like I'm good for it. <laughs> <laughs> going into the bank and shouting, I'm good for it. And they were just... <laughs> but I was like, I'm good for it. Like, yeah. why are to me? Um, honestly, one, one banking person was like, you've got this money, but what if you never work again? And I was like, yeah, we're, we're all concerned about that. Like... <laughs> As if your main concern is that I'll never work again. Because if I stop paying on this thing, you just take my house. Like, that's the rules. Mm. So it's obviously sort of in your favour if I do 
negate on my mortgage, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they should be just handing them out. Anyway, the handing them out thing is what happened in the run-up to the banking crisis of the big short. So I suppose this is why they're so tentative about giving them away. Anyway, I go and argue endlessly about this mortgage and I say, please uh, give me this thing. And they say, absolutely not. And if if you are freelance, they really, really do not like it. Um, mm-hmm. And so something I would suggest if you yourself are in this process and you're freelance is that your tax returns... I'm sorry, we've, this is an unhelpful timing because we've just passed the tax return deadline. So this is, needs to be for next year. But if, say, you've maybe done slightly shadowy tax returns in the past... <laughs> And no one listening would have would done, ever. Sure. But maybe as a freelancer, you've maybe you know diddled the face. Diddled, diddled. dibbled the figs in the past you've done some cash work that maybe you just thought ah that's take it to the pub i bought everyone a drink who cares you know Mm. now is the time to whack that number up as high as you possibly can to pay more tax to the government which probably if you've dibbled in the past you're probably just evening yourself out sure perhaps now is the time to like make that number of your income the highest you possibly can. Very simply, just make your income as high as you possibly But I'm just saying, I'm just <laughs> no, saying, for, mean, yeah. for the dibblers. <laughs> for the dibblers. But this, yeah, like my accountant, when she gives me the first amount to pay, she's like, that or I could push your expenses a little bit yeah. more. And because I'm like, maybe one day I'll buy a house. I'm like, no, yeah. I'll pay that. I, no diddling for me. Today. And sometimes it's not diddling. Sometimes it's legit, you know, smart tax work. Mm. But now is the time to say, if you have an accountant or whatever, or you do it yourself, now is the time to say to them, by the way, I'm looking to buy a house. So yes. can we work on this being the biggest possible number we possibly can? But there are some of you listening who'll be like, dibbling the fix. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> That's your number one top tips. <laughs> like, probably most people that listen are on P-A-Y-E and yeah. are like, like I dream of a, of a diddle so yeah. like you, you know fine you, you, your number's your number if you're on your salary hold tight I'm going to get to you in a second I'm just saying to the dibblers if you, if it's freelance and what you can do <laughs> um, anyway so then they were like we don't care about your nest egg and I was like I've got this I've got this nest egg and they were like we're only going to take these last two tax returns where you appear to have made £12,000 <laughs> <laughs> And we'll give you five times that. That's amazing. I mean, it was slightly more, but not much. Yeah. And that isn't even dibbling. Like, I just don't make much money, you know. sure. (laughs) Understandably, I was not an appealing prospect to the bank. I can see that. You can see. We can all see. So then I get passed to a mortgage broker. And this Mm -hmm. is somebody that you might uh, have a meeting with. Instead, you can have a free meeting with a mortgage broker. There shouldn't be, you know, you're not obliged to pay them for anything. Please do go and have a a first time meeting with several of them. Why not? Meet, Meet a bunch. Have a house party and just invite mortgage broker have a house bunch of mortgage brokers see you like you like the cut of their chip so i meant to meet this mortgage broker i was told that he specialized in overseas income and that he specialized in the entertainment business and he you know helped people who are generally freelance and bad at numbers like me and he had these red trousers and he was completely mm. spherical I, i've told Stevie this in the past but I, te- I tell you all now he had a completely red nose you know real alcoholic vibes look like he's in the house of lords basically and he went hello like that and i i don't actually remember his name i repeatedly referred to him behind his back not to his face as pork belly fellow and uh, he just looked like a ridiculous character and i was like absolutely ideal yeah this Mm. is who i want let's get diddling some figs you know like let's do it anyway he and this is why when people like a mortgage broker will fix it it's like i don't know if a mortgage broker always will you know sort you out so this guy was not ideal. And he said, do you have any assets? And I said, yes, my name backwards is asset. And then 
he just looked at his paper and just, I saw him visibly like make a cross. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to take that as a no. I was like, no, I ain't, I ain't got any assets. So we sort of discussed this like, I don't understand how people without salaries and jobs can ever like possibly, I don't understand this, what's the problem is. And then he was like, right, what we need to do is is try and leverage you against something. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. What's, what's that? that mean? And so that it means if you have another house. Sure, <laughs> like, sure. Right, great, cool suggestion. Pork. Um, <laughs> what else you got for me? So like you can leverage it against land, against how you can like leverage okay. things if you haven't, if you're cash poor, but you've got stuck asset. A castle. Right? And I was like, this is ridiculous. Of course I don't have any of this stuff. Why do you think I've come to see you? And then he told me the story about how he just got a two million pound house for a 21 year old who didn't have a job and didn't have any taxable income and I was like perfect right how did you do that then and he said I leveraged it against a Fabergé egg oh my a Fabergé egg (laughs) right so this is where I was like right pork I don't think we are batting on the same page here I don't have any of this stuff that's making the whole thing so much worse yeah (laughs) he might as well have just said to you unless you're a queen you you can't can't." do this process so I was like right you're no use and I suppose the people that he normally deals with are I don't know maybe crooks I don't know who he deals with normally anyway who are like I've got all this cash it's, it, it, no, it's landed gentry it's, it's landed gentry like, we, we don't heat our incredible massive house because it's a tumble down castle so obviously not that and then he was like right second suggestion a bridging loan and this just in case you turn off the podcast now stay with me for 30 more seconds if anybody in your life ever suggests a bridging loan you run you go you run okay, okay. a bridging loan is like we're doing deals with the mafia right the bridging loan is like somebody will come for your your knuckles. Like somebody will come in the night and chop off your fingers. A bridging what? loan is any amount of money you want in your bank account within 24 hours. And it is designed in the housing situation for people who are selling one house and buying another. And there is a crossover of like a month between cash going out and the cash coming in. And mm-hmm. they're like, I'm a thousand percent certain on this money coming in. And I just need to make up three weeks. Okay. In which case the interest will be minimal and somebody will do, and you pay the money back. If, however, anything goes wrong and you cannot pay that money back, the interest is astronomical and you will just bankrupt yourself and then somebody will come for your fingers. Okay, never that. No. So he said this, I relayed it to an, an accountant who was like, get the hell out. <laughs> don't, don't discuss it with him anymore. So I was like, right now, what am I going to do? And then uh, a much more sensible mortgage person who I didn't pay anything to, I just happened to uh, chat to, was like, you need to get in a team, okay? So there currently is no upper limit. uh, Please check this, but at the time we're going to press, there's no upper limit on uh, how many people can get in the house buying process together. Oh, okay. There's definitely lenders that can do very big amounts. The average bank is certainly happily take four of you. So now it's like, can you get in a team with your siblings or your partner or your friend even or your parents? And they don't have to because this is the thing about like parents giving you money like your parents don't have to give you money but they could put their name on the mortgage for you right they might be like absolutely not i'm not getting involved with you you're you're you know you're a nightmare well, i presume they, they can only put your the name on the mortgage if like they are have some element of wealth for example if they don't have any money it'd be like well that's pointless well that exactly so that's what they suggested okay. to me and i and they were like why don't you put your parents on this thing and i was like great as i was like mum and dad put your name go on just your names put your names on it and they were both like we haven't got any money either like we haven't got any (laughs) mum was like i've just i just do cash in hand and my dad was like i'm retired so like (laughs) my parents like neither of us have got the taxable income salary to give to the bank so we'll rock up with our five thousand like five thousand pound income and you'll (laughs) and then they'll be like right 
brilliant. That's you, you've just added more people that can't get yeah, a house. Yeah, so now there's more people in the team who can't, yeah. who can't get a house. So I'm like, right, coaching. Like a sock puppet. Yeah. I've got... I'm here as well, you know. So there's three people in the house with five times zero salary. So we're like, okay. this is hopeless. So you do, if you're doing it with your parents, you do need your parents to actually have a, a job and a salary and still be happy and they, to... And I'm right, I think they don't actually have to put any money no in. No money whatsoever. It's just that they have to show that they could speculatively if something went wrong or... or Absolutely. They, they, right, got it. They're just saying, I'm I'm involved here. It's a bit mm. like if you were renting, if anyone's been a guarantor for you. It, mm. it's, it's entirely a signature. It's, it's for them no jeopardy unless something does go wrong and then they are. So they, you do have to have an element of trust and you do have to be good for it and you do have to be to your parents like... And if your parents are self-employed then that doesn't help exactly i've never been able to use my parents as a guarantor because they're both self-employed exactly. as well <laughs> this is exactly what happened to me when i attempted to use my parents as a guarantor and went through exactly this they, w- they wouldn't approve either of my parents Fucking <laughs> 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 hell! so like, i was like right this is hopeless so me and my parents are any good to me um but do investigate just in, in your situation and be listening maybe your parents are, do have a salary and are prepared to put their name onto something for you to help you out and again you do need to be responsible enough to be like it's just the signature i need otherwise i'm taking total responsibility for this and then out of the woodwork comes my sister mm. amy coates now amy coates is married as well we all know uh, and amy coates is the most sensible soul you could possibly hope to ask for and again i've t- told people this in the past but as teenagers we went to work in a christmas hamper packing factory and on our first day I was sent home for back chat and my sister was promoted to foreman (laughs) so by the end of the day she was the boss and I'd gone home I had to wait in the car park for her to be finished because we'd come in the car together Oh my God, so good. She was so good at packing those hampers and she spotted a rogue Satsuma going into the wrong box at 20 paces. So she became the boss of the hamper factory. <laughs> and anytime we've done any work together, people are like, sorry, and you, and you two are related, are you? You two. <laughs> Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Anyway, so my sister is like, I'll do it. And so now me and my sister get in, get in the team together. And so if you are getting in a team with somebody, what you want is, uh, well, ideally what you want is both of you to be independently wealthy with a good yeah. salary. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, and course, best of luck of to you all, you know, but nobody's in that position. So what you want is one cash pig and one cash cow. So the cash pig uh, is me. I've got my little nest egg, but otherwise I've got absolutely nothing. And after I give this nest egg, I'll, that's it. <laughs> I've got nothing else to give. <laughs> the cash cow doesn't have any savings or in my sister's case, wasn't prepared to give me her savings, even though I was like, sure. go on, put your savings in. <laughs> well, good for it. Come on. I'm good for 
it. Please savings in my house. <laughs> so my sister is the cash cow. She is standing tall. She's got future prospects. That's what the bank are looking for. She's got her salary. She'll make milk. She makes the milk. <laughs> That is not necessarily part of the metaphor, but she can do. She's there churning her own milk up. She has got her nice, sensible jobs, sensible salary, works in procurement with the bank's like, yeah, thank you so much. If only we were selling you the house. (laughs) If only we were selling you the house. (laughs) You're an ideal prospect for us. Thank you, said the bank. And then she was like, I'm with her and there's me like on the road. (laughs) Can I have a house? (laughs) I've got, come on, look at this. I've got like my, all my my cash is like in coins spilling out be like god i'm good for it (laughs) she's like wait outside until this business is done (laughs) so so in only in signature is my sister on the house god bless her thank you so much amy i live there she does not and uh, eventually hopefully i will be able to take her off the mortgage but she's my sister and you can get a solicitor involved if you're doing it with a lover and I i trust you both so much all lovers listening but do take it as seriously as a marriage yeah prenup we know people who you think with the most solid relationship in the world they buy a house he breaks up with her and now they're in legal fights in court about whose parent put money in and who owes what and you know so like just play worst case scenario because you'll be like we love each other who cares and then down the line it's gonna be a nightmare so, but me and my sister, we just did a like nice little word document. Anyway, so that's how we managed to get in a team. Um, and so this is just opening your mind up to ideas about getting around the, the mortgage issue if you're in, in this position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's extremely demoralising, but there is options out there. There absolutely is, yeah. Not for me, because everyone in my family is self-employed, but for other people. Well, you've got options. a lover, so that's something. Who's self-employed. Self-employed yeah. lover, sure. Yeah. At least there's now two of you, you know? At least you've you've gone up by double, you know? Oh, like, well, you'd hope. You'd yeah. hope. Or less, or more, who knows? No, no, sure. But yeah, at least two is better than one, you know? Always, yeah. And, and so, yeah, but it's not ideal, and especially being freelance. And people did say to me before I started, by the way, this is going to be one of the most stressful things you've ever done. And I was like, yeah, 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 please. I've been to the Edinburgh Fringe with Stevie Martin. I think I know about dress and and i didn't say that imagine if i did they'd be like who's that and why are you in the bank (laughs) get out of santander (laughs) um okay just a few things about buy to let or help to buy or any of these sort of government back schemes yes i've been looking at shared ownership yeah one of my friends has got shared ownership was like never get shared ownership and i was like okay i was into that then (laughs) okay so the thing about shared ownership is and you think oh okay, this is a way around. I own 5% and over time I pay off the other thing. Again, when things feel too good to be true, they often are. The interest rate on the 95% that you don't own is going to be so large. That like, you actually will never be able to You actually to will actually never actually be able to come out That's, of it. You know what? In one sentence, you've absolutely... Because no one's been able to actually explain to me in a way that I understand yeah. why it's bad. And obviously the shared ownership sites don't because they don't want you no. to know that. And my friend had a cladding issue, and but she just kept saying, I could never sell it. And I was like, I don't understand what you mean. That m- must be what she's experiencing. Because I was always like wondering, like, why why haven't you moved? <laughs> like, why, yeah. why, why haven't you staircased? Do you know what I mean? Um, but she can't. It, yeah. It's exactly it. So any of those sort of things, they just need a lot, a lot of like research and small print. And then you get there and you're like, sorry the interest is how much and so it's that sort of thing of like it's like here are these 
land with milk and honey options and you get there and you're like, this milk is sour. It's more expensive for you to buy that shared ownership flat overall than it would be if you wanted to just buy a flat without Yeah, so you'll just be trapped in your 5%, you know, forever, always yeah. constantly paying this massive amount of rent. Um, help to buy is the banking scheme. It's over now. I am so sorry, everyone, but it was... I missed out. If anyone's listening, I missed out. So don't worry. People missed it. But if you're in it, well done. <laughs> And that's all I'll say on it. You either know what it is or you don't, but don't think if only I'd done this or this or this or this, like those options really are not good options. And and mortgage brokers, I really do think try the bank first and and really do see what you get together because a mortgage broker will probably take 1% or 5% interest or whatever they manage to get you. So if that is, they managed to get you a £300,000 mortgage, then 1% is three grand, you know, that (laughs) is all the money that Arabella and Otto saved. That's gone. You know, so just do be aware of it. Okay, so let's say we've got our mortgage. Thank God. Thank God, we got it and we're ready to rumble. And now we're like, okay, let's actually go start looking for houses. There is no reason, no matter where you are in your mortgage journey, that you can't pick up the phone right now and go and look at a house. You can do it at any time. Everyone says, oh, I have to wait till I get my mortgage and then I'll start looking. Ah, start now. It's going to take you a long time of looking. And even if you're not looking for a house, nothing to stop you going and looking at a £10 million house for an afternoon. I'd be so stressed because I'd be like, what if I fall in love with it? Uh, uh, yeah, that would that would be my... It depends what sort of side of the spectrum you fall down on. Sure. It's optimism just, or just increased and massive pessimism like, like myself? Mm, I would say it's good to like sort of get a feel for things. Yeah, because also you, you, you might be like, oh, actually, when it comes down to it, I do need a wine cellar, for example. For example. And so I think it's like good to get a feel for things, good to get a feel of the area you want to be in, of the market. Mm. And maybe you'll go look at it and be like, right, well, you have to completely reassess. We cannot afford anything here. We do need to go and live in the field or, or whatever. And so do get a feel of what's out there. A couple of words that I'd never heard before that will come up. The mortgage in principle thing. The estate agent will say to you, have you got a mortgage in principle? You'll say, in principle. And then <laughs> you'll be asked to leave. They just mean, are you good for it? And you just say, oh yes, I've got a mortgage. Or you can say, I'm a cash buyer, which means they don't even have a mortgage. I've got so much cash in the bank. I'm just going to buy it outright. Which I presume those people didn't need this podcast episode. So they fine. don't need this podcast. No way. Because <laughs> I thought cash buyer meant I I'm going to give it to you in actual cash. And yeah, I was same. like, who would do that? While holding a suitcase full of cash. Yeah, I'm who like... Who would do that and can I join them? <laughs> and I, I'd like to be the one of them. No, it just, just means you don't have a mortgage. And estate agents love to hear that because mortgages are famously nightmarish. And also they might say, are you in a chain? What's that? Well, exactly. I said yes. Because <laughs> I was like... I don't know. Obviously, don't just say yes. Like, just say, what does it mean to be in a chain? And it means you're selling a house. And so you're now a link in the chain. And so you were emphatically not in a chain. If, uh, the answer was naturally, in fact, no, I'm not. Again, they don't want you to be in a chain because it makes it more complicated. And what if right. someone pulls out of your house, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So what you are is a first time buyer. That's the correct What's word that? for you. And if you like, you can say first time buyer, cash buyer or whatever. Like, you know, in other words, um, freehold and leasehold. Mm. Freehold means you own the whole property. It's yours. Leasehold means that you technically lease it from somebody else. And the lease... Well, I didn't. Well, I wanted want to rent that's the whole point leasehold it still means it's yours you can do anything you like to the property knock the walls down do whatever you want it's yours but at the end of the lease you technically have to give it back however the lease will be like 900 years so what's what's the the point? point what's the point they're often cheaper than a freehold house but what's the point because i've heard that most apartments are lease most apartments will be leasehold 
a converted building or a building that was always meant to be apartments might be a share of freehold, Jesus. right? So it's all these words that you're like, oh, now my nose is bleeding and I'm in the estate agents. A share of freehold means you share it with everybody else who lives in the building. Okay. So I am in a 1930s custom built house. There's eight properties in it and we are all share of freehold. Like, what do you have to do? What, Nothing. What, when you're in there and if you've got a leasehold or a freehold, what, do you have to pay anything? Like, do you have to chat to anyone like what do you have to do as the share of freehold you're all responsible for like the whole outside of the building the communal areas like stuff like that it's quite nice it's quite nice yeah it's not bad this is the thing we're currently rowing about asbestos so you can pay something called peppercorn rent which means nothing and why don't they just say it's nothing you've just got lost me <laughs> what why would you pay pe- peppercorn rent who to and what is it exactly there are so many stupid words if you are a leaseholder Mm-hmm. It might say on your contract when it says you owe ground rent, which is your rent okay. to lease this property. What the fuck? So you're paying rent and your mortgage? Yeah, yeah, but wait, but your ground rent might be peppercorn rent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that is? Nothing. It means zero. You don't owe anything. Why don't they just not say that? Why don't they just say zero? Why do they just say nothing? Just be like, just live your life. Just live your life. it's not affecting you. There should be a section called live your life. <laughs> But instead, it says, the ground rent on this house is peppercorn, you know? If I saw that, I would set fire to the paper. <laughs> I was like, every page of the bloody thing is that. You're like, cross this out and write, live your life, you know? So now we're getting to the slightly nicer bit, which is we're actually looking at houses. And I want you to make a list of all the things that you think you want in a property that are like absolutely non-negotiables. And then that list will decrease to about one. While you quietly are like, okay. So for me, I was like, a garden, and I want to live in the house that the um, Browns live in, in Paddington Mm. Bear. Okay, yeah. yeah. I wanted to have an attic and a circular room and beams and blah, blah, blah. And eventually, a a positive for me is I was obsessed with having a garden. And um, so I was only ever being shown basements. And I was like, oh, this is very dark down here, isn't it? And then it turned out I don't need a garden. I don't actually grow anything. What I needed was just any space. I needed to be outside. Like a balcony or a, a roof terrace? A balcony, a, a roof terrace. So that was a real game changer for me. So make your big list of all your things, then keep being like, what can we maybe negotiate on this? And mm. so for me, my flat is absolutely tiny. It's £300,000, which is a vomit-making amount of money. But, you know, the compromises for me were, it's absolutely tiny. And it's in a place that I think is adorable, but is difficult to get to interesting because oh, i would have said it's, it's a very it's a very good place to live oh it's a lovely place to live, live but i would yeah. say the reason i could be there i think if that flat was in hybrid islington yes it would be twice the price i think because yes. it would be next to the tube you are a bus woman i love you? the bus and as you mm. know i like to go on an electric jump bike these are my personal compromises and yours will be different you might be like i want to live inside old street i'm a mole i want to live underground i love to be underground i need to be as close to the tube as possible or i need a massive garden or i need xyz or i need the wine cellar and no matter how rich you are unless you're maybe you know elon musk you will always be dreaming of something that is one above your category okay so last couple of things towards the end and i'm going to say you're going to need to look at like 40 places Okay. Keep that number in your head. 40. I'd be like, Tess said 40. So I just keep doing the numbers. And Mm -hmm. an estate agent, don't trust them totally. Like, they'll help you. Mm. But ultimately, they just want to sell a house. Like, they want to sell the house and go to bed. Just trust your gut all the time. And if they're like, while you're here, do you want to look at another one? Just be like, yep, why not? Just it gives you a solid understanding of what's out there, what's available, what you can afford. Like, the difference between me on my very first one being like, in principle, (laughs) at the man, and me by the time I got to the end, I was like so confident and so good about what I wanted and so start that process 
So you you found one, you love it. If it's been on the house on the market for like six months and nobody's put an offer in, by all means, stick in an offer way below. You know why not? Shoot your shot. Two pound fifty. Two pound fifty. Peppercorn, please. Pe- one peppercorn. Will you have it? <laughs> but if it's come on like that day and there's already interest and it's inside your budget, I would say just offer the asking price. And again, this is mm-hmm. not financial advice. Please do not listen to anything I'm saying. But in general, like, so say you offer £10,000 less, whatever, if they've got eight offers come in, they're obviously going to be like, well, not that one, you know? Yeah, understood. Whereas if this is the first offer they've had in six months and you've offered 50 grand less than the asking price, they might be like, fuck it, yeah. Should you be suspicious if there's been a house in the market for six months and no one's offered? You should just be like, why hasn't this sold? So just get them to be honest with you about what's the worst thing. And they will absolutely call you up and chase you and be like, what do you think of this property? Not because they think it's amazing for you, because they want to sell it and get their commission. Yes. So just be brave and come to be like, you know what? It's not for me. A guy took me around this place that was everything I had said I didn't want. And mm-hmm. he took me around it anyway. It was so bleak. It was awful. And he was like, what do you think? And I said, Emmanuel, if I have to live here, I'll die. And he went, yeah, should we put in an offer? I was like, no, we won't wow. put in an offer. You know, that's how much they literally don't care what you think. Okay. I said, I'll literally die if you make me be here. So yeah, he's like, yeah, it's a competitive market. So put in an offer, I reckon. But just oh stick to your God. guns, stay in there. You'll, you'll, you will definitely lose hope, but you'll find it again. And yeah, the asking price thing, like just um, be suspicious of things that have been on the market for a long time, sure. But maybe they'll say there was a buyer, but it fell through. You know? Fine. Love that. Maybe the person couldn't get their mortgage or pulled out last minute or whatever. And it's like no fault of their own. It's just back on the market. And you're like, oh. Th- there was a murder in the house. But exactly. Yeah. But if it's a murder in your house, you're like, you know what? Not for me. Yeah. Okay. We're coming to the end of the process. You, you put in your offer and then you'll think like, well, it's done. In we go. But oh no, you will have several months in which you and some solicitors argue about the house for a long time. Um, and this is a very boring but very important process when they're like, is it on a cursed burial ground? Is it sinking into the road? Is there about to be a tram line put through and the owner knows and is selling it on the cheap? This is good because um, I remember there was a problem. I got obsessed with Japanese knotweed because yep. that gets into the walls yep. and people try to sell the house yep. and then the, you can never get rid of Japanese knotweed and it will eventually crumble the house. So always ask about Japanese knotweed. That's my one tip. A hundred percent. This job is called a conveyancing and this mm. is the job of being like, has it got Japanese knotweed? I imagine you have to pay for that. You do have to pay oh. for it. Again, this is why when they're like, we saved three thousand pounds. It's like we're about to pay another thousand pounds from a man to ask if you've got Japanese knotweed. You know, right. so it's like this is why these stupid look how much we save with our coffee is so infuriating. Anyway, but we, we've established they're for clickbait, and we all know that we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, after they've said it's not sinking into the ground, there's no Japanese knotweed. We think this house is good. Someone will also come around and value it, and they, if they put in a value that's way below what they're selling it for, you mm. can say. Can we re- split the difference? Can we reconsider Ooh, this? Fun. Yeah. Okay. So my house actually valued at lower than the asking price. And uh-huh. I was like, my mortgage will only give me what's based on the house. And then they came down in price. Nice. Because the house was so, I mean, I think it's adorable, like little Miss Honey house, but it's absolutely hasn't been updated since the 70s and mm-hmm. everything is. Oh, there's holes in the walls. And stuff. Oh, they're everywhere. And it's completely mm-hmm. crooked and everything, not a single wall is straight and everything's falling apart. And as we've established, the house is full of asbestos. So 
<laughs> it's, also, it's also full of wasps when I came around. Oh, yeah, and full of wasps. Stevie, Stevie came around, it was full of wasps, and I had to pretend they weren't wasps. They were wasps. Um, so, listen, the house has got plenty of problems. But if you think it's got lovely bones, as I do, and you think you can deal with the wasps and the holes and fix the stuff, then it's like, yeah, go for it, you know? Yeah. Anyway, then you decide whether you're going to go interest only or repayment mortgage. This is okay. your last decision to make. Your interest only mortgage, you can swap between these throughout the lifetime of your mortgage. Your mortgage is about 30 years long. Interest only means, so say I lend you £100,000, I want 1% interest only every year. So you just give me £1,000 every month for the duration of the mortgage, um, which is like, you've got a sweet deal. But at the end of the 30 years, Mm -hmm. you still owe me £100,000. In interest? No, no, no. You've only paid the interest. Oh, I've only paid the interest. So sorry. Right. So I gave you £100,000. Oh, so, it's, so that's like nice short-term, long-term bit of an issue. Stevie, you are getting it. This took me all afternoon to grasp. <laughs> you've, you've absolutely smashed it. Option, repayment mortgage. I give you £100,000 and I want half a percent interest and 2% repayment. So I still make a little bit of interest money. So then the end of the first year, your amount has now gone down to £98,000. But then it means your interest is only on that 98. And then the following year, it'll be 96. So you're paying, it's almost like you're paying, like, I suppose if you're paying rent, but you're you're not throwing that money away, you're, you're paying off your house. Yeah. Exactly. You're paying off the house okay. and each year it will go down. I know which one I'm going for, guys. I know which one I'm going for. Brilliant. What's she going to go for? The second one. <laughs> Fantastic. Off. That's yeah. it. Let's get those paid off. You can also overpay up to 10%. You are absolute music to my ears. So if I get a little nest egg, throw that in your mortgage. If another little nest egg comes in, let's overpay. We can overpay up to 10% of the mortgage value. gorgeous and so this is the sort of shit they'd be like wouldn't this have been cool to learn at school when someone was like should you take interest only or repayment mortgage but imagine if someone tried to teach you that when you're like 14 you'd be like shut up Pythagoras again please you know we don't want to hear this but this is why this podcast episode is golden and you should (laughs) give it to anyone who's looking to buy a house okay Um, and then the very last thing so I know this has been a long episode these are just such good words I had to tell you about them Uh, gazumping and gazanging Mm -hmm. sorry (laughs) Uh, gazumping is when another buyer swoops in at the last minute and offers even more money oh so tough and that can happen at any time until you do the exchange of contracts which happens like an hour before the exchange of keys and so that's after the conveyance thing and after everything. the conveyancing after <gasps> everything they should sort that out because that's not fair I know at any moment this whole thing can crumble I see now why it's stressful right at any yeah. moment they could take it away from you until they literally put the keys into your hand and gazanging is when the buyer decides to back out of the sale oh I would hate that too right and at any moment anything you're gonna be in all the way down this process at any moment any of these things can happen do you get your money back if you get nope uh, oh! wait 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 all your money or your conveyancing money i feel like unless you get every single penny back that you no. put into this if it's not your fault you should get every single penny back no or your solicitors your mortgage broker your conveyancing everything like that that's gone okay <laughs> okay <laughs> So just that there's so much to be ready for that you just think everyone's going to be nice and everyone is not nice. Understood. But they're being not nice because they're like, this is the biggest financial decision you will ever make in your life and we've got to yes. take this seriously. Right. I swear to God we're coming to the end. Uh, You've been saying this for 45 minutes, but I love it. Stop it. Episode. I'm into it. No, no, but I'm, I'm, I want to know. <laughs> when you send your massive amount of money on the day, the final day, 
because that's the actual house price money. You pay your bit and the, the mortgage lender directly pays the person. So the mortgage you lender... You never see that You never see the, the big money. It's a shame because it'd be nice to see a bit, a bit of nice, big or money Or just see it for account. a second before yeah, it goes screenshot out. It. please. Yeah. While all that money's in there. No, they just give it directly to the person. And then you're like, and me as well. And you, and you give your... And yours looks like pathetic now. Your right? next egg looks like lame in comparison. And you just like pop it in the pot and it's nothing. Um, when it goes out of your payment, um, you have to do a CHAPS payment. And a CHAPS payment stands for Clearing House Automated Payment System. CHAPS. Chaps. Nice. Adorable. Mm. So that's just a nice word. So something to look forward to on the process. And then just when you think, oh, that's it, we're finally done, we've paid all the money, you got to pay stamp duty. Oh, okay, what's that? And this truly is the last thing I'm going to tell you. I swear to God. <laughs> stamp what? duty is constantly changing and the government in when you see the government be like we're trying to help young buyers by changing stamp duty mm. so stamp duty was introduced in england in 1694 william and mary of orange to raise money for the war against france <laughs> and, uh, and they're still raising that money now are they and right. we are still paying off that war here's a nice thing there is no stamp duty up to five hundred thousand pounds that's good. That's good. I like, I like that, yeah. That's nice. And then over £500,000, it's between 2% and 5% of the remaining value, which is a lot when you think you're finally through the woods. What's it for? Was it actually... It's for the war. Still, you're not actually still... We're not actually still paying It's the war, war, Stevie. We've got to pay the war. It is goes to the government. Don't they have enough of the money? <laughs> right? Oh, I'm exhausted. Okay, right. That's a real kicker. Right at the last minute. Like, right? Now right at the last minute. Now i war in the 1600s. <laughs> No one expected that twist. That was that that finale would not work. You'd right? be like, That's... And it's the very last thing as well when you finally think you're done. They're like, oh sorry, um stamp duty. And you're like, I'll stamp I'll stamp your duty if you like. And then <laughs> But first-time buyers often have a, a stamp duty relief. If it's under £500,000, then there's nothing. So that's also nice. I'm telling you, mine will be, yeah. And that is truly the end. We're in. Here are your wow. keys. We're across the threshold. We're in. I'm clapping you for that uh, excellent episode, but I'm also clapping you for having gone through the process. <laughs> that's really great. Well, so increasingly I would come out of these things and be like, I think I'm quite thick. Like, I think I'm not a very smart person. No, you're not. It just sounds incredibly complicated. There is a lot of self-learning to do along the way. Um, so I hope for anybody listening that was helpful. It was. And, uh, it really and answers was. Some, some questions. And if you're listening and you're thinking of gazumping or gazanging, just don't. <laughs> Don't gazump or gazang Just don't do that. It's so mean. You've come so far. Thank you so much. And if you're listening and you would like any... any financial more, help. <laughs> any financial help, don't listen to this podcast any further. Um, don't get in touch with us. But do get in touch with us if you have any episode ideas. We've got some lined up. I know I've got a backlog of DMs and I have read them and we will be doing them. And I'm very sorry that we've prioritised some of the other ones, but they're coming. And if you've got some more, please do DM us at Pod or email us nobodypanicpodcast at gmail.com Goodbye! Goodbye! Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Hi, I'm Lucy Beaumont. And guess what? I'm Sam Campbell. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy our podcast. It's called Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains. It, we have a podcast and uh, it might be, I, I probably don't want to sound, um, you know, like I'm bragging, but it's dynamite. It is electric. It's high voltage. And please, we really need you to listen. You don't understand how much we need this. Is it on all the platforms? Oh, it absolutely is. But um, yeah, we, th- this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's perfect brands.